0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you're listening to the Alaskan Grappler Podcast, bringing you interviews from the best to ever do it from the golden heart city of Fairbanks. Here's the best damn Alaskan wrestling podcast host ever, ever. Dennis Ackman. What's up, everyone? You are listening to another episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast. I am the best damn Alaskan wrestling podcast host ever, Dennis Ackman. On today's episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Holland Gravely. Holland was a four-time state champion for Colony and also led the team to their first ever state championship his senior year while winning Outstanding Wrestler in the state tournament. He then went on to wrestle for Western Colorado University. We talk about how he got into the sport, what separated him from his competition. We talk about his experience wrestling in college. We talk about Colony and the success they have had since his senior year. We talk about his favorite sports franchises, commercial fishing, his toughest opponents, favorite moments, and so much more. Here is that audio with Holland Gravely. Let's start off with the same question I ask everybody right off the get-go. When did you start wrestling and who
1: got you into it or, or how did you get into it? I started in second grade, so I guess seven or eight years old. And so we used to live out way out wasilla out kgb so kind of the far end of wasilla and my dad worked in palmer so when we moved over my older brother was a sixth grader so that's when he started wrestling middle school okay so then i started wrestling too just with mid valley at the time was the only club in the valley
0: oh, okay so
1: just freestyle then Yep. Obviously.
0: who has been some of your biggest influences
1: in the sport if i think about it it's kind of like in phases so like kind of overall is my dad so like he had wrestled in high school and then he wrestled a year in college so he wrestled, he was a state champ for West. And so it's kind of weird to think about, but like, you know, he's really involved now, but really he'd gone from, you know, like 19 to, if I guess I was in second grade, he, you know, he was 40-ish. So he probably hadn't been around the sport at all in 20 years. And, you know, someone that's stuck with it. And like, he's pretty crafty about how he does stuff and has pretty good vision on things. And so he's, he's probably a big one. And then in those early days, kind of my freestyle coaches, uh, Rick Carlson, Mike Brock. A lot of that was just kind of like the idea of like how to scrap and then kind of as it continued, you know, Fred McKinney was a big one and more so not, you know, he's my high school coach, but more so like, I don't know if he was the best coach for me in high school as a wrestler, but more so led to like a lot of my coaching philosophy.
0: Do you, uh, do you still have a relationship with him? Talk to him often? Cause he's coaching well, at
1: Palmer now, right? Yeah. He was coaching at Palmer. Like my first year teaching at Colony, he was still there. So yeah, I talked to there, but not a whole lot. We weren't overly kind of like close necessarily.
0: Right. Out of curiosity, what, why did he stop coaching or whatever at Colony and then now they just like brought him back in over there at Palmer just to kind of get him back in there? Do you know at all? Or?
1: He kind of stopped from what I've, you know, I've never really asked him specifically that, but from what I told like he just felt like him being there was kind of hurting kids, getting a fair shake. Oh, okay. And then part of that, so Dave Booth, who was the main assistant at Colony when I was there and then was the head coach after Fred, he's the AP at Palmer High. Oh, okay. So, so they have a relationship there. Oh, gotcha. I hired something to do kind of
0: thing. Brought him back in or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. So you, you've had a pretty uh, successful resume, I guess you could call it, for, you know, wrestling here in middle school and high school. You went second, first, first in, at Tanana, and then, you know, one every year in, uh, mm-hmm. in high school. Was it always the goal coming in to be a four-time state champion coming into high school? Was that like the realistic goal that when you came in, you're like, you know what,
1: that's what I'm going
0: for? Or does that just kind of happen?
1: I'd say it just kind of happened. Like, I was kind of motivated by just like accomplishments, not very intrinsic actually about it, sure. or just like stuff coming out of it. And so my dad kind of made an offhand comment one time, like, you went state as a freshman, I'll buy a truck. <laughs> and, and, you know, obviously, it wasn't quite the case, but right. and I was like, all right. Like, I want that damn truck. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to be able to drive. So,
0: well, so then when it came to being a four time state champ, you know, a, a lot of people start off early on. What set you apart from your competition that allowed you to become like a four-time state champion? I mean, mentality, work ethic. Anything I'd say particular? like
1: a little bit, when, like we were real young. There was kind of a group of us that came through that were pretty tough through the mid Valley club. So like, it was me kind of like my group of wrestlers was me, Alan Bartelli, uh, Dwayne Carpenter. And then uh, this kid, Josh Armstrong, who didn't really wrestle much in high school, but that was kind of our group. So like, and at the time, like Jesse Brock was, you know, he was would have been a senior in high school. And so they kind of ran practice for him, like kind of at intensity. And so, like, we just kind of learned – like, didn't learn a whole lot necessarily of wrestling, but just kind of how to scrap. So I'd say that. And then I just – I kind of intuitively understood how, like, the body moves. I mean, I could figure things out like that.
0: So just having those extra kids in there that were, you know, tough and just being able to kind of, you know, obviously the, the type of competition that you're wrestling make you tougher. Mm-hmm. How was ending your high school career on top pretty much in every way that you could? I mean, you, you won your fourth state title. You were named Outstanding Wrestler of the Tournament. And then for the first time ever, Colony won a team state title. Mm-hmm. Was that just like the icing on the cake for finishing like all the four years, like winning a state title and being OW? Was, was that important? Was it, did you care about winning his team state title?
1: Yeah, I did. Because, you know, we'd kind of, we'd been bad. Yeah. Like historically, <laughs> we were bad. My freshman year, before McKinney was there, Tim Luster was our coach. We probably took eleven or twelve kids to regions, five kids to state. So like we had a first, second, a third, but like like we weren't good. And actually, I really liked Tim as a person and as a coach. uh, He actually was really good for me. And he stopped after that year. He still teaches at Colony High, you know. He was probably like in terms of like how to wrestle. Like he made me think about it a lot. So even though like he doesn't necessarily get like a lot of credit or anything that mindset shift kind of really was important to me. So, like, it was kind of weird because, like, I wasn't necessarily friends with a whole bunch of people I wrestled with in high school. Gotcha. Like almost, I mean, probably, like, four guys on the team I'd say were friend, I was friends with. But I did care about winning. And, like, kind of, like, I don't know if I'd say legacy on it, but I wanted the team to be good.
0: So, what happened exactly? Like, how did you guys go from, you know, trash, you know, no offense, but and then oh, yeah. to being state champions, especially in such a short period of time, you know? Like, it was just people just bought into the program more recruiting better or like,
1: uh, I mean, Fred changed the culture of that team. Like, so he actually got hired probably two, three weeks into the school year. Like oh. he'd been up in cots. And I remember like my dad was the Bush Club president at the time. And so like we were, I was building a shed and Fred happened to come over and like him and my dad were talking. And it was like, I was doing trusses and stuff. And I was out there by myself in the rain doing it. My dad <laughs> was having this meeting. It was just like, Hey, let's actually do this though right now since you're making me do it. <laughs> But yeah, Fred just kind of brought in, and like, you know, he had a system, and it, it works. I mean, I'd say he's pr- probably really underrated as a coach. I mean, he was a head coach for five years at Colony High and won three state titles.
0: Yeah, pretty impressive.
1: I mean, which I mean, I think he, I think we, I don't know, we probably took like 16th or something the year before him or something.
0: Wow, that's insane. So after high school, you went on and wrestled for Western State, Colorado, right? Yep. Was that always the plan too to wrestle in college or? Did you kind of, as you were get, you know, having success through high school thought that, you know, this is maybe something that you could do or, or how exactly did that opportunity come about for you?
1: Early on, it was definitely kind of the plan in high school. And then later in my high school career, it became more just, let's make a business decision. I didn't really enjoy the recruiting process. And mainly because outside of like Western, which is a D2 school, all my D1 looks were really like schools I wouldn't have done well at academically. Oh, okay. You know, so it was like, yeah, I can't go there. Like, I know that. <laughs> then, like I, I knew who I was as a student and how my skills were, and it was, so like once kind of they offered m- the money, I, it was like I'm just making a business decision. Yeah, and it just so happened like I really liked everyone I wrestled with, but in terms of like where I would have done best wrestling, it might not have been the right place. But I mean, I can't fault going there. I liked everything about it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, tell me a little bit about your college wrestling experience, anyways. You know, as far as like you know, you go in there and and competing and all that.
1: So like I got there and like. You know, we were probably like hover around like fifth or sixth, kind of D two, kind of my whole time there. And the class right above me was like a really good class, like a recruit class. So like they filled up a lot of the lineup, and so we just kind of had some juggling with red shirts and stuff. So I just redshirted the first year, and I was really a thirty three pounder, but I wrestled forty one. And there, was the guy we had, like, I guess it's kind of funny. Like the only year he started was at forty one. The next year he was a fifty seven pounder, having to cut hard to make fifty seven. Oh wow. So so yeah, he just pulled a ton of weight, and he was. Kyle Francis, if he got your wrist, you were getting turned. <laughs> so, like, like we'd wrestle in the room, and, you know, I'd, like, I just dominated for two periods. And then the coaches would walk by, and, like, I'm getting tilted in the third. So, I've already pinned him five times. <laughs> you know, it was kind of, like, how I – maybe not how it took place, but how I remember it. But it didn't matter. You know, I was redshirt. And so, he all Americans, so And it's, like, all right, well, next year I'm the guy. It's kind of the plan. And then hurt my shoulder. So, you know, got hurt, had surgery. Jeez. So, I was my, you know, my redshirt freshman year. And then kind of just – never really got back into a groove of wrestling well
0: because of the injury
1: yeah just or just kinda, maybe that
0: time off and stuff like that and you know a little time bit. Off, time
1: off like well i mean a little bit like i was on a pretty aggressive rehab plan so like i was cleared to wrestle like within three months of a shoulder surgery oh wow but the, we, we didn't go with me at the conference and i can't remember who we went with but i wasn't putting in a lot of extra and when i say a lot i mean i wasn't putting in any extra to be honest <laughs> like i kind of I always think about it was like kind of cost analysis. Like it wasn't worth it to me at that point. Like I kind of lost a little bit of the passion. Like while I was hurt, I was helping some guys, just doing real light stuff. And I kind of had I found that more interesting to me. Oh okay. And like, like figuring stuff out, but not but not necessarily doing it. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Tell me, what do you think? The I don't know necessarily the biggest or or some of the differences between wrestling in high school and then wrestling in college.
1: Well, I mean, I, I guess I think like for one, like technically like everyone's better obviously, but like people have answers for stuff where in high school, I felt like any, any position I got into, like, I just knew what I was going to do. And and there would be like, okay, they might do one other thing in college. Okay. There's like eight things that are happening. (laughs) And then from those eight, you know, there's another four or five.
0: Yeah. Do you think that, that, that kids that wrestle here in Alaska that go down and wrestle in college after are at a slight disadvantage because of I don't know, maybe like the lack of competition at times here. Like one thing that when I interviewed Randy Hansen, that I didn't really think about like ever, you know, a lot of kids that go down that have success like yourself or, you know, kicked everyone's ass here and then go down there and you're wrestling other kids that are, you know, just as good or better around the same level as you. And you're really not used to like getting taken down or being on bottom ridden out because mm-hmm. it's like wait I mean I just like kicked the hell out of everybody for the most part with the exception of a couple of tough matches here or there or something like that
1: yeah I'd agree on that like especially not just that they're not getting pushed but they're just not seeing even like kids that they can beat that are just different right it's a little better now I think because the season are combined so like when we wrestled I mean people are like well it's so much longer of a season to develop I actually thought it was the opposite it mm-hmm. was like that long season it was like Another example is like Sam Carlson. I wrestled him my freshman, sophomore year, and in eighth grade. I probably wrestled him in high school alone, probably 15, 20 times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> jeez. You know,
1: you know yeah. like, so you're
0: seeing the same person over and over every yeah, weekend so, or whatever.
1: And it felt like we had to travel a lot more, like when I was a kid, like when I was wrestling in high school, than we do now with the team. So, like, yeah. okay, we, we'd go to, you know, because back then, you know, Soldatna, Skyview, Key and I, Homer were all in our region. So we'd go, you know, we'd head down to their tournaments. Like and every tournament is like only three matches usually.
0: Yeah. Now none of those teams are, they're, they're all small schools, right? Except for Sildatna there. that you just. Sildatna, yeah. And, yeah. you know,
1: Skyview is closed. Right. But, but so, I mean, like, I think it was 22 4A schools when I was in school. We had those two weeks of overlap. So right. like it was, oh, I thought a way worse of a season than it is now, even though it's shorter.
0: Yeah, I agree. And
1: I, and I always feel like the idea of like, I got better not necessarily competing as much, but kind of like those longer stretches of in the room just on my own. I did better with less structure in terms of like developing my skills. Like that was another thing I struggled with in college. It was just like that grind of just having to stay you know, in shape for like such a long time. Like yeah, I, I kind of look at more of like, like kind of how fighters do it, like a fight camp. Like, okay, you're gearing up for something.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: Like a six week stretch. Okay. I can get in shape and then let yeah. it go a little bit.
0: Tell me a little bit about wrestling for Team Alaska. Did you enjoy it? Do you think it makes a difference or made a difference, I should say, in your development as a wrestler as you, you know, went through it, that program?
1: I definitely enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more probably for, like, the stuff not wrestling. You know, like, I guess I always think of, like, if you think of, like, a, like I guess my perfect example is, like, the movie Heavyweights. All <laughs> the kids all the kids go to summer camp, you know, like, that doesn't really happen here in Alaska, I feel like. But it was like, okay, we're going to wrestling camp. That was just like, you know. So, like, those are a lot of, like, my good friends, kind of, like, some of those better wrestlers, like, people I really liked. So, in terms of that, yeah, like, and then, I mean, there was obviously scraps and help with wrestling, like, but I don't know if it, it was huge changes for me. I looked at it with a, probably a different viewpoint than a lot of people.
0: But just more about just having that, like, kind of, like, camaraderie of just, like, yeah. hanging out with the buddies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. Tell me about your pre-match routine. Did you have a, pre, or a particular pre-match routine that you did maybe every time or? like a certain warm-up or something that you did before your matches
1: yeah I was pretty structured I guess in that and mainly because like I have my back has some issues okay and I struggle with real tight hamstrings so I would drill like right after you know the first drill before the first round and then I never did like shower rest anything like that I would just literally just pace and just kind of like stretch but like just kind of get loose a little bit probably for like 20-30 minutes at least 20-30 to minutes before a match like I guess I struggled really with getting my back able to do stuff. I had to spend quite a bit of time like loosening up.
0: Yeah, for sure. And stretching and
1: whatnot. But I was never like, I never felt like I needed to be like sweating. I I had a limited gas tank. I didn't want to waste anything.
0: (laughs) So this is kind of a funny story. And I don't know if it's actually true because I don't remember it. So I'm a year older than you. I wrestled for Lathrop. You guys used to come up for the John Tobin tournament. So my little brother recalls this story of you having a match and you were not warmed up at all. And your dad literally, apparently, this is, this is the, the folktale here. Your dad woke you up while you're sleeping in the bleachers. Get your shit on real quick. Pull, you know, pull your warm-up off or whatever you had on. Take your glasses off. Go out there and like smash some kid without warming up at all. Came back, put all your shit back on and went back to sleep within literally like five minutes of just boom, 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 boom any truth that you could think of that that would be true
1: elements i'd say like i, would be, <laughs> I, I never would i never took naps at tournaments oh, okay but like but the not paying attention part and being right re- yeah
0: hey yeah, you're up oh okay.
1: <laughs> okay so like it's funny because like even though like one of my good buddies in college i wrestled with he was kind of similar philosophy like i have a kind of a strange brain about wrestling i'd say and so like he was similar like you don't see a lion warm up before it attacks so a gazelle <laughs> and so like, even though i did a lot of stuff that warmed up i would just say that was kind of just like normal like yeah. moving. but i didn't do like an actual like warm-up warm-up per se i could jump off the couch and wrestle if i needed to but yeah the match after would be a struggle because i'm gonna be hurting <laughs> did you pay a lot of
0: attention to kind of stuff like that like you know who you're gonna be wrestling next and if you needed to be kind of maybe a little bit more loose or anything like that or did you just like you know it is what it is probably not gonna have a tough match until
1: semis maybe I'd say like in terms of who it was, no. Okay. I, I mean, I I'd and say yeah. really, like for ninety-eight percent of the time prior wrestled, in, especially in Alaska, I was never worried. Yeah. I guess I'd say.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's uh let's hop into the, the post weigh in go to. Did you have a particular post weigh in like food or drink that you're like, hey man, after I weigh in I gotta have a
1: Oh yeah, I I, I had a structure, like i I'd, I'd say I was pretty good at planning a trip out for like when I'd go. And I, it kind of cracks me up now, coaching like how much kids bring and stuff. Because <laughs> I'd pack a bag and I'd throw two lights in there, grape. Even though I wasn't cutting weight, but I pretended I was, I guess, or I don't know. <laughs> and then one whole package of bagels for the two days, and then a box of uh, chocolate chunk chewy bars. And
0: then you're good. And sometimes,
1: deal. sometimes I'd have the little, uh, the bag of Goldfish. That's like it. Paper bag one. Every time, same same stuff. Every trip, that's what I'd have a $20 bill, and then I'd just cooler safari the rest of the trip. Oh, wow.
0: That's crazy. That's awesome. Let's talk about what brought you back. After college, was your plan always to move back and get a job here and go through all that? or?
1: Uh, yeah, I figured I'd always move back. I wasn't like a PE major at first. I was a biology major for maybe like a week. <laughs> and then I was like, this is too much work. I don't want to do this. And so like, I don't know, I just started like, okay, I'll go into coaching, you know, kind of something I like. So it just kind of worked out that way.
0: I kind of had this question a little bit later, but you have a degree in exercise and sports science. What exactly does that consist of?
1: You know, I just happened to listen to Randy. It's the same. Kinesiology is the same base. So that first semester I was biology, wasn't digging, going to labs, getting up early. <laughs> and so a bunch of guys on the team were switching that, you know, okay, go to PT, go into, you know, all these other things. And it's kind of funny because like so we all, we we're all choosing to go into education, you know, basically get, get a teaching license and stuff. And a lot of the guys on the team had to drop, change it to just general exercise sports science because their GPA was too low <laughs> okay. so I mean I don't know it just I'd say for my last year and a half on campus every class of mine was in the like the gym building oh cool like the first half of the semester we'd be in the classroom then the second half would just be in a gym I would always sign up for the first lesson so like by spring break I never did anything else in class basically I would have already <laughs> taught my lessons and stuff
0: Perfect. So so when you decided that you were gonna switch your degree and go into that that area was the idea like I'm gonna get this so I can become a PE teacher? Yeah. Just Okay. And then how did you get the opportunity to be a PE teacher at Colony? I mean, was that just position available when you came back and just luck of the draw type thing or?
1: No, I I mean I bounced around a little bit. So like I came back, I did a whole year of student teaching at one of the elementary schools in Palmer and then Colony Middle. So that's when I started coaching again that first year back. And then there was, right, kind of no jobs that year. So I subbed for a year. And then I actually went to Cordova for two years. Oh, wow. And taught out there. And then kind of didn't have a job. I just felt I needed, like, if I was going to try to get a job in the district, I, it was kind of the year to try to do it. So just resigned and just didn't have a job and came back and ended up, I, the first year back, I had adapted PE. So I was going to nine different schools. Oh, wow. Bouncing around. And then didn't have a license for that. So like, they were going to, okay, you got to move. And I really enjoyed doing that i taught at an alternative school teaching history for two years oh geez and had interviewed at colony in that time and just kind of got it, they went a different way and then finally another one opened up and got it so just things worked out long run but dang that's cool it was a little bit of a journey to get back in. yeah
0: get a little bit of life experience doing some different stuff that's kind of yeah. that's always cool though so you
1: enjoy being a p.e. teacher then or yeah i mean i mainly taught health the last two years but yeah oh, okay
0: good. Perfect. So let's talk about Colony as a wrestling team real quick. I mean, we kind of touched based on it earlier, but Colony was never a top two team until your senior year. And then Mm -hmm. since then Colony's rattled off seven team state titles two runner-up finishes, a third place, and then a couple of trickles in, in the top five there. We talked about your old head coach, Fred McKinney, like kind of changing the culture there. I mean, is that what was the main thing that changed from them having like no success to being like pretty much like, you know, one of the powerhouses that you guys are like today? Is it just that he created that and it's just can continue today? Like why is Colony so good year after year?
1: I'd say partially with that, which is kind of Fred's kind of blueprint of like setting a program, but then like we were probably a little ahead of a lot of people in certain clubs, like locally, like kind of locked in. So, like my dad had started with Snow Kids, and oh, I don't, yeah. probably when I was probably sixth grade, I'd say, kind of like when we were, when I was more aligned with Colony, we didn't like driving over to Westville High every time to practice. You know, as a kid, yeah, so we started that just at Colony Middle, and so that and then. At the same time, we had good people coaching, you know, both our middle schools that fed us, so Colony Middle, then our Teelan kids. Even kind of when Wasilla had their run, a lot of their better kids were coming from Teelan. so with Bill gotcha. Booth coming out of there.
0: So just basically kind of like the feeder programs then. Mm-hmm. How many wrestlers do you guys get out typically per year for high school? Do you know,
1: like an average number? I'd say we probably, if everyone's there, probably at the top end, right about 70, probably. There's probably at the most 50 there every day, like. We, I'd say we do a little different in terms of like, if you look at a lot of our kids, you wouldn't consider them necessarily just wrestlers as opposed to like a South or a Latham. So I'd say we do a little bit better job developing kids in a season.
0: I was just curious because last year I heard some crazy stat. Like you guys typically get out like 90 kids and I'm like, how the hell do they have room for 90 kids? You, is there like a specific like mat room or? Do you guys- no,
1: we're in the small gym half, the, you know, for two weeks. Then we rotate to the cafeteria for two weeks. So wow. we, we get a full two mats when we're in the cafeteria or when we're in the small gym. And do you have to rotate
0: out with? Cheerleading. Oh, so it's like every two weeks you have to go back and forth? Or? Yeah,
1: and kind of like they'll adjust a little bit. But, yeah, basically for every two weeks we're adjusting.
0: Do they not know, like, you know, what your guys' program has been doing? <laughs> I don't know uh, what the
1: cheerleading is, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a little point of contention with us, but. Tell me
0: about your dad a little bit. You know, you mentioned that he kind of maybe didn't have anything to do with the sport of wrestling for a little while there and then got back into it. And when, when you guys got back into it, he puts so much into the sport, even today. I mean, I don't know if you could specifically speak on this, but like what drives his passion to continue to do it now?
1: About a lot of things. Just even with like work, it's like, why don't you retire? He's like, well, I don't want to retire yet. There's still stuff I got to do. So like, so we're similar in a lot of ways like that, like terms of like goal oriented, but like, I guess mine were more competition based, his kind of like betterment. So like when he got like, he started a club and then he started running tournaments and then he started doing like, he brought track up here and then he started, you know, getting into the streaming with it. Yeah. And so like they got a room in their house kind of off the side. That's kind of like his room. And so like I was over there the other day with my daughter and, and you know, they're switching the clocks to like the TV style. Oh, okay. And so basically like he bought a whole set, like he can run a tournament now. He's like, you know, he just pays for it himself. He's like, like, he's like now i just i don't need a truck he's like, i just show up in a car and pull everything out of my back seat and do it that's crazy so like yeah. i don't know he just he finds it interesting i guess
0: that's cool i was just like wondering like what the hell is going to happen if he ever decides that he doesn't want to do it anymore because there's yeah. so many tournaments where if anything goes wrong it's like where's ed gravely we got to find him what's going on yeah. but maybe between him and kind of like bob autumn i guess mm-hmm. he kind of knows his stuff too there yep tell me about you yourself being a dad is it uh is it harder than you thought is, is it
1: what you expected i guess i'd expect it to be hard so yeah it's not what expect, but it's hard i mean there's struggles like
0: when the time comes do you want your daughter to get into wrestling
1: if she wants to i mean i, I i'm not gonna push her by any means but right like Are you gonna try to introduce her to the sport or it's just kind of like i i mean like the stuff we do like we wrestle around in bed more than we shoot like with our little basketball hoop so like <laughs> i guess there's a little bit more push that way but yeah, but uh, nothing in particular. Just, just, yeah, do what you want to do.
0: You're not going to be upset if she decides that she doesn't want to do it? No. Gotcha. You know, you filled out that form. You, I asked you if you played any other sports growing up. You said football and basketball a little bit. Did you play those for just like, like a recreation thing, or did you play football in like high school, or how did that?
1: A little bit through high school and stuff. but Okay. And then basketball was same thing? Same kind of thing. I mean, both of Like football, I, mean, I was a really good tackler. Like I could break down and open field tackle. But, I mean, I was kind of just – I guess it's like, I was kind of like a role player in those things. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy that. And I guess I probably would have stuck with football if we had turf and stuff like the kids do now. <laughs> but I got real tired of just standing out in Colonies Field at the time. It was basically just mud. Yeah. Real tired of standing in the, you know, three-hour football practice doing nothing.
0: What, what so, position did you play for uh, for football? Uh, safety. Okay. And then what about for uh, basketball when you were playing that for a little bit?
1: I guess kind of a point guard, but, kind of a point guard, but just, just coming just... off the bench, you know, hustling. Right. I had to hustle. My job was the hustle there. I didn't really like that. So,
0: <laughs> tell me about, a little bit about commercial fishing. You you said you're leaving next week to go commercial fishing. it something you do every year or what?
1: Yeah, I've done it probably the last eight or nine years. So I so, I do that with the Hopkins family. Okay, so where exactly do you go to do that at? We set net out of Igigik, so out in Bristol Bay.
0: Okay, I get, I mean, I don't know any literally anything about commercial fishing or like how it works. So, what exactly do you do? What what are you fishing for and then like are you out on the water the whole time or
1: so we're fishing for reds and so set nets so like our anchor our nets anchored to the shore and then it goes out on a line or there's different ways you can do it but so we have i guess this year we have five permits so like we have five different nets and so like we're running three or four skiffs okay so and, and like every year is a little different depending so like usually i run one of the skiffs and so like we have a, we have cabins we live in so we're not I've drifted okay. before where I lived all summer on a boat and a lot less work, but I hated it just because I got stir crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So you go out every day and then you, you're – or how does that work exactly? You go out and you check the nets or
1: – Yeah, but, I mean, depending on the opener, but, yeah, you set the net, watch the fish hit it, go pick up the fish, deliver. How how,
0: how much fish can you get per permit or how does that work exactly? Uh,
1: so a net on a set net's 50 fathoms, so 100 yards. I guess like a good – Kind of like a regular year'd be like if you had one net, like forty thousand pounds, oh okay, so just I mean, like last year was like way more fish, so it just kind of depends. I mean, like you go out there and there's no fish, like the first year I fished i don't I don't remember the numbers we caught, but I, you know let's say I made ten thousand dollars, and then the next year we caught like twice as many fish, but the price was half
0: so oh, I was like okay. hey, I did
1: twice as much work, but I made less money, so like there's things like that too, <laughs> yeah
0: is it all is does it depend on kind of like where you put your nets, or is that like important, or you know like?
1: with a with a set net you're you have a, a lease kind of like oh right the, of, all the sites are full sure so okay and so they're spread out every 300 like 100 yards i think i can't so remember you just hope
0: that they hit your net
1: <laughs> yeah i mean so like obviously we're not the first net right and so some like and it depends like some sites are better than others so like there's a lot of stuff like that so
0: gotcha you go and do that for an entire month or
1: uh i'm usually out there about six weeks oh, okay And t- todd usually stays a little longer depending on if they're still catching fish
0: gotcha Got a question for you. Maybe you haven't had to deal with this. I get extremely seasick. Any advice? I'm actually leaving for Valdez tonight. I went to Seward for the first time a couple years ago. And it was, uh, it was such a shitty experience. I didn't want to ever go again. It was, uh, it was insanely cold. It was pouring rain. We were out there for like 12 hours. I was just getting sick. And I was like, I'm never coming back to Seward. Fishing out here can kiss my ass. And then the guy was like, you know, oh, we know, you know, it felt bad or whatever. The guy ran the boat and he's like, yeah, we never really had this problem. We stayed out like as late as we possibly oh, yeah. could. And he's like, we have to go back so I can get fuel up before it closes down so I can be ready for tomorrow. And it was just horrible. And then later that year, I went to Valdez and it was a little bit better. I didn't get as sick. The weather wasn't as shitty, but I still got sick. And then last year I went to Homer and it wasn't as bad. I still got sick for like a second. And then after that, it was good to go. But I've, I've tried... Like everything that I have read about, I don't know. Have you ever had to deal with any seasickness or anything?
1: I yeah, I, I get I get queasy on it. So like, so the year I drifted, so like you know we're out there, you're on the boat for you know a month at a time, the Strait basically. Yeah. I kind of like when I did that, like you know, especially sleeping on the boat, like basically like every seven days I would get sick.
0: Oh, brutal. So
1: like you know, it's so like four times out there, like I got sick, and like in the skiffs, it doesn't. There'll be times like sometimes you just hook onto the net and just sit out there getting bounced around. So, like, sometimes, like, I'll get, like, no one else seems to be getting queasy, but I do. I mean, I don't don't have a good solution other than, I guess, look at the horizon, what they always (laughs) say.
0: Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, I've just I've, – I've had those, those wristbands. I've taken yeah. australiamine. I've done, yeah. like, these peppermint candies. There's these stupid little patches that go behind your ear. When I was talking about it in Valdez, the dude that ran that boat, he's like, oh, you just eat chocolate chip cookies. I was like, the next time I go, I'm going to eat so many damn chocolate chip cookies. And I did. I don't know if they'd help, but, I mean, I, I did better. The thing – the only thing, the difference between going to Homer compared to the other two – is I didn't fall asleep on the way out to wherever we were going. Oh, yeah. And when, when we stopped in Homer for a second, I literally like got sick once and then I was good to go for the rest of the trip. Hmm. I don't know if that had played in anything, like falling asleep and then waking up and then all of a sudden we're like doing this and I'm, I mean, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know.
1: Like, the only thing I can say for sure is don't tie one on the night before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to figure out some different ways of of going about doing everything, trying to just, because it just makes it just terrible. It just sucks. Yeah. I asked you about playing video games. You said you play a little bit. What, what are you playing on when you when you're when Hall and Gravely's playing some video games? You playing on PlayStation, some
1: Xbox, some I got I got a PS4. But, okay. I mean, it's it's pretty rare. Like I bought it in Cordova. Like we were doing. I can't remember what I was doing. But I tore my groin. Oh,
0: okay. And then cool. we
1: came to anchor. We came to anchor John trips. So I bought a PlayStation. Played it for like a week. I think I played Grand Theft Auto that time. Just played the whole story mode. All right. Let it sit for a couple years. It basically sat until quarantine. Then I, I bought a, a couple of the Far Cry games, just messed around on those. Oh, right I'm on. not a huge gamer anymore.
0: Yeah. And then uh, I also asked about sports fan. You said yes. Do you have particular sports, favorite sports teams for each sport? Or
1: Yeah. I'd say yeah. Like, I'm pretty, I'm, I guess, not like, geographically aligned with anything, but kind of more like what was on TV, especially at the time I growing up you. here. So let's like, uh,
0: let's run down then. What, what do you got for right.
1: for the for the four major NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB? So football, I'm a Broncos fan. Okay. Just kind of families from a lot of my mom's families from Colorado, and just went there school. Like liked them. Sure. So Broncos fan. NBA, I'm a Spurs fan. Oh, interesting. And I kind of I don't know. I they kind of align. I think with connie kind of like under the radar. Yeah, sure. And especially like even like their individual talent, like people don't necessarily give them the credit they d- deserve. I'd say. So then let's see, then an avalanche fan for hockey. Okay. And then baseball, just a Yankees fan. Cause I watched playoffs and that was kind of the only thing I watched growing yeah. up and they were killed. Yeah. That was the only thing that was on. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just to throw mine out there for you, NFL, I'm a Dolphins fan. So I grew up idolizing my older brother and he okay. grew up big sports guy, but liking individual players. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up, unfortunately, a Miami Dolphins fan and they, mm-hmm. they're, terrible they've been ter- I think they made the playoffs like once since I've actually been paying attention <laughs> liking football which is pretty well I mean and then we had the Patriots in our division so that's yeah. also awesome and because uh, so he liked Dan Marino and then NBA uh, Miami Heat fan like before LeBron James went there yeah. and before Dwayne Wade was drafted there and then for uh, baseball Chicago Cubs fan older brother liked the second baseman he played baseball growing up so ryan sandberg's like the hall of famer over there so gotcha. cubs fan and then the nhl me and him like butt heads on that because he's a st louis blues fan and i grew up like in the red wings similar because yep. when i grew up actually watching they were killing it with like steve eiserman and stuff like that yep. I-, I lived in vegas for four years and they got that and <laughs> they got that damn team yeah. the year i left
1: Oh yeah, and uh
0: i didn't get to go to a single game but i feel like i have to like you know kind of like adopt them as like you know yeah i want them to do good because i used to live there so it's kind of cool and let's talk about ufc are you, are you a big ufc follower or kind of uh, casual?
1: I i was probably like i probably stopped following it overly close probably like five six years ago but okay. yeah i used to be used to be a huge follower
0: do you have any uh, particular favorite fighter of all time for you or anything i'd say
1: sakuraba sakuraba is probably my favorite okay you know, back in the pride days like I, he was yeah. really creative i liked him definitely was fighting where he shouldn't have been he was, like <laughs> weight and stuff but yeah is there, there anyone really uh
0: cool? is there anyone in particular that you couldn't stand that you like, like wanted to see get their ass kicked
1: uh, i mean yeah there's a lot i mean a lot of <laughs> i just didn't like but yeah no one that like necessarily jumped out as like overly disliked
0: where do you feel about like the current, you know, Conor McGregor thing? Would you be on the side of like, you know, you, you like the trash talk and the, and the antics or you're kind of like, man, that drives me nuts and I want him to get it smashed.
1: I like it a lot. I mean, he, he's not necessarily a fighter. He's a businessman.
0: Yeah, for sure. And World like, I think war.
1: people, I, I think people don't realize that with a lot of things. He has limited time where he's viable as an option to draw money like that. He should.
0: Yeah, yeah totally. That's like, how I feel about, like, I mean, I, I follow it, like a lot, but they have Henry Cejudo. Mm-hmm. you know he was an olympic wrestling champion he turned into like just a total douchebag yeah out of what you know people wanting to see that guy get his ass kicked i mean people they can't stand him but i mean in reality it's like smart
1: it's yeah like
0: you'd rather have people talking about you even if negatively than talk than not talking about you at all or they don't give a
1: damn i, mean, I think a lot of people don't realize like i guess like your digital presence in that sense like, especially when you're in that line you're you can play a character yeah exactly. like you can think of it like no it's just a tv show it's just people there's not a camera filming yet all the time
0: like whatever
1: when you, you're tweeting it's just that's something you're doing for business
0: yeah and it's smart i mean in reality it's funny how how mad people get over stuff like that i mean i've heard in interviews like henry cejudo being like yeah you know i don't really like that like literally talking like this he's like well, yeah i'm just i mean just doing that to piss people off and try to get more people to buy yeah. like the pay-per-view or like want we want to you know talk a little trash to me so general idea when you know i put on their t- favorite tv shows or movies too many i got that are, are you a netflix guy i actually don't have it on the new tv i bought like i don't know i don't have the login i had before but what, what kind of shows maybe just a couple that
1: oh. that you like to watch have you ever watched ozarks yeah i i kind of just i would catch it here and there it wasn't that wasn't one i was able to binge very well so just kind of didn't get into it overly like good but just gotcha haven't finished it so yeah okay, That one office, obviously, the league, both great shows I mean there's a ton i mean yeah uh, that all parks and, yeah, yeah, big hitters, mainly I like
0: hobbies you mentioned that you like to hike, raft, golfing, um, I've actually never been golfing i uh, back in the day I bought a uh i bought a driver from a used sports shop here. And for $1, I was just like Nothing. walking around. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I was with a buddy. I was like, let's, you know, I'm gonna buy this and let's buy a bunch of golf balls. Just go to the driving or go hit these into the lake or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I went to the driving range and was just hitting the piss out of balls, like over and over, had a blast doing it, but I play competitive, like softball. And I mm-hmm. noticed that it was like messing up my, my, my swing batting out. swing. Cause I was trying to like, you know, uppercut basically everything or whatever. Do you consider yourself a a, a good golfer? Is there places to golf in Palmer
1: or do you have to go? Yeah, so? there's a few courses out here, like, in Palmer, also. Uh, uh, I'd say I was pretty decent probably five or six years ago because there was a couple years where I didn't fish once I had an actual teaching job. So, like, oh, I had right. money. Like, there was a couple summers where I was playing three rounds a day. Oh, wow. Like, I'd get up in the morning, go play. Someone would call me, and I'd go play with them. Like, you know, I had nothing to do, no kids. Yeah. So, I was playing a lot then. And then kind of just didn't. A couple, You know, there was a couple summers where I didn't play at all. So I'm pretty bad right now, I'd say.
0: Okay. Are you a morning person? Do you consider yourself a morning person?
1: Yeah, I, yeah for sure.
0: I asked that question about the whole coffee thing. Do you, are you a person that has to have coffee every morning or just?
1: I have to have it at some point during the day where I'll get the headaches and stuff. Oh,
0: okay. Is that just because like the caffeine will withdrawal? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, a,
1: I'm, a, I'm addicted to it.
0: Okay. Do you drink it just black or do you prefer it with like, you know, some, some cream or whatever?
1: Oh, uh, cream and stuff.
0: Do you when you go to Starbucks, let's say, or or a coffee shop or whatever, well, you know, what are you getting there?
1: Uh, a mocha.
0: Okay, just curious.
1: I'm definitely not drinking it for the taste. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to not have to drink. I'd like to not have to mess with my coffee maker and stuff in the morning. But
0: yeah. How how do you feel about uh energy drinks? You, you, you ever drink energy drinks? Not anymore. I mean, you, just, you get it from the coffee, and you don't need don't need any more Yeah. Like I mean, up. a little bit.
1: I mean, like on a hot, like sometimes after a round of golf, like I'll grab a soda or something. Like, I don't mind getting caffeine that way yeah i just don't think they taste very good
0: right and then last thing on the on the morning thing if you had to rank them pancakes
1: french toast waffles one two three french toast pancakes waffles i'd say
0: okay are you are you a breakfast person do you have, do you have to eat
1: breakfast every day or i really enjoy breakfast i try not to i try to do some intermittent fasting okay i do a little better if i don't eat carbs in terms of like health and stuff so
0: gotcha yeah, I, I, I get a little hangry if I don't I have to eat yeah. breakfast like every damn day. Now we're, I got just a couple more and then we're going to finish up. These are the ones that I consider like the hard ones that people have to put maybe a little bit of thought into. Okay. In high school in particular, can you think of maybe one or two, three, like whatever might come to mind, toughest opponents that you've had to wrestle?
1: I'd say kind of just with familiarity, Sam Carlson became one. So it's, like, so it's just because
0: you guys wrestled so much and kind of... Yeah,
1: so like, and, and maybe I'm really just, I'm focusing on one match, like, he gave me one match where he should have won at the state tournament, but I mean, like, I mean, I guess, I don't know, like, there was quite a few times I tagged him and pinned him, so like, maybe he's not the, but I should have probably lost in the state semis my freshman year.
0: Oh, to Sam Carlson?
1: Yeah, I should he should have beat me, I mean, I'd say they made a bad strategy decision, that's why they lost.
0: What happened?
1: uh So, like, I took him down in the first, so it must have been, like, 2-1, I think, and then I chose down and he turned me twice. I can't remember if they were three point near falls or twos, but he was winning in the third. He chose down and I turned him a couple times and won. You should just.
0: I Stuck mean, on top.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, I'd, I'd probably teched him or pinned him three or four times already that year. It's, yeah. You know, so yeah. a bad decision I felt like.
0: Yeah. But he was,
1: he kind of that match would be won, And then I guess kind of the other two that would stick out would be, I wrestled Ira Carson. Okay. From West. From West and it was kind of. It was more just kind of like the situation of things. Like we were in a try. So I'd wrestled the duel before and was the last match at 25. Oh. And then so it, when I, I bumped up to wrestle at 30, I was right away. So definitely didn't have my wait time. And I just remember, I mean, I was spent.
0: <laughs> How did <laughs> that work?
1: Did you end up beating him on that one? I, I beat him. Like, and it was kind of like, so that's why I say it was more like circumstance. Like I never felt like he scored on me a few times. Yeah. But I felt like I could score any time I did something. Yeah. So I was on bottom and we must've been tied. And I, I kind of waited, got an escape and then scored just cause I was like, okay. <laughs> it's like, I, I didn't tr- no urgency to get away Right. Like where he was trying maybe for a ride out for overtime. And then I was like, all right, now I'm going to score and then I'm going to get a takedown just to win it. <laughs> Perfect. And then the other one would be Dwayne, Dwayne Carpenter.
0: Is that just cause you guys go way back or whatever to wrestling or just yeah, stylistically?
1: Yeah. Just kind of some of his traits that he had, like where I felt like, especially in high school, like any position I got. I could score out of that position. And Dwayne, was just like, he was just so strong yeah. to where like, I never felt necessarily threatened that he was going to score, but I felt like it's going to be, it's going to end up be like a toss, could be a toss up position because he's just able to kind of stop stuff.
0: Yeah. What about your, uh, I mean, you mentioned those three, your freshman year, you beat David Mann and he was a senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that tough at all? I mean, cause he won a state title the year before
1: at one One hundred and three. three, Yep. Was that year. the first time you guys wrestled that year? No, we wrestled at diamond the year before or oh, not or the year before, but a couple weekend, weeks before. But probably, I think it was probably the weekend before regions.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And so actually, I mean, it's funny. Like, you know, I wrestled him twice, both times were eight, four. And I scored two, four point double legs, and like <laughs> a double leg to his back. Like that's all I did to him. So like, in terms of like, he was just one, like with his body, like, I don't know exactly what, like he had something kind of wrong with his legs.
0: Oh, okay. But
1: like kind of underdeveloped legs, overdeveloped upper body was kind of, I don't know how to describe it really. Yeah. It's, on, it's just
0: interesting because you don't see, I mean, you really don't see a lot of upperclassmen, especially seniors yeah. that are that low weight. Cause you wrestled 112 your freshman year, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, you know, him just being, I just didn't know if that was like a challenge since he was a senior and you were a freshman and, you know. Not in
1: terms of age, but like, his kind of like when I'd watch myself, he'd, he'd get a front headlock, he'd squeeze them real hard, get a cradle, pin people. And that's all and I, so like in third period of our state finals match, like he just had a front and I just, I laid there. Let him choke me. <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. fine.
0: Yeah. You're not getting a cradle on me. I got two more for you. All right. Do you have a favorite match or maybe moment throughout your wrestling career as a, a competitor or as a coach, maybe something that you'll be like, man, you know, that was really special. Or I'll never forget that in particular, maybe win a, your four state title and the team title or anything like that. Something that, anything that sticks out in your
1: mind. As a wrestler, I can't really think of any ones that stick out overly. Coach, coach, and there's a lot. I mean, you know, some of those kids we've had come through, especially the last kind of group, like, and especially the next year seniors class, they're kind of the group, like, I, a lot of them I coached their eighth grade year in middle school, too.
0: Oh, okay. So you've had all but,
1: this time with them and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, like, like, Eric Christie's one, like, he had a lot, like, his senior year, like, you know, he had mono. He really struggled that year. So, like, you know, the earthquake happened. We drove in and got him some matches so we'd be even seatable. Oh, that's a great tournament. Wow. And so, like, he's one, like, and he just real similar to how he like wrestled to me. Like, we had a good connection in terms of that. Seeing the Hopkins win. I mean, anytime Rush Fannon was under the lights, like, I mean, he was just a gamer.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, there's a
1: lot, like, as a coach, like, and you know, you think of that, and then, you know, some of the kids that necessarily didn't achieve things that kind of people notice. So just yeah. you know just getting through stuff
0: last one for you and this is one i adopted after talking with uh randy hansen because i used to end on what's your favorite match or moment mm-hmm. but uh how has wrestling changed your life
1: i'd say it's give me a little bit of focus like i kind of i'm in my own head a lot so like especially with wrestling like i was just i mean i i look at things quite a bit different so kind of like what we were talking about like with this with like a little bit of like how i warmed up and stuff that was kind of especially in Alaska just like the idea of like it looks like he's really ready like people may be like okay like they overthink it and just like I talked about in college I didn't put in a lot of extra stuff obviously like I wrestled freestyle but more so like when my dad started that club like I was more coaching than actually like practicing so like I figured out kind of like ways to do things like even though like I was cutting corners necessarily and like like some of the physical things kind of like to hustle my way through things like without like physically hustling
0: (laughs) So I guess without the sport of wrestling, you know, you don't think that you'd make me be where you're at today, or at least in the same mindset. I don't know what. I, yeah, mindset would definitely
1: be different. I mean,
0: yeah. Well, then obviously, you know, the the opportunity to wrestle in college and stuff like that, and go to where you went and whatever, things might be a little different. Or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, but the mindset thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, that's really all I have, man. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually really really bad for some reason at ending these things because I never know what to say (laughs) except for that I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on here. Well, that does it for this episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast. I'd like to thank Holland Gravely again for taking the time to sit down and shoot the breeze about wrestling. I'd like to thank you for listening to another episode. Remember, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you don't already, you should be following the Alaskan Grappler on Facebook and Instagram. I have a bunch more podcasts currently in the works right now, just trying to iron out some details with those. So stay tuned for the next episode of the Alaskan Grappler Podcast.